0: Our scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 46 to 55. Mary said, With all my heart I glorify the Lord. In the depths of who I am, I rejoice in God my Savior. He has looked with favor on the low status of his servant. Look, from now on everyone will consider me highly favored, because the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. He shows mercy to everyone from one generation to the next who honors him as God. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. He has pulled the powerful down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty handed. He has come to the aid of his servant Israel, remembering his mercy. Just as he promised to our ancestors, to Abraham, and to Abraham's descendants forever. The word of God for the people of God. Be to
1: God. This morning we continue our Advent series, Light of the World. Advent is a time in which we prepare ourselves. Christmas, like Jenny was talking about in today's children's message. And with that in mind, several of groups in our congregation have been studying Amy Jill Levine's book, Light of the World. And so on Sundays, I will be highlighting through Advent some, something from the week's reading or videos that, that stood out to me. Amy Jo Levine is an internationally renowned scholar and teacher and author. And she is also a Jewish woman, which means that, and she has this great passion for exploring the stories of Jesus in in the New Testament. And she knows that comprehending the context of these stories enriches our understanding of them and it brings a new life to them. And that each time that we encounter the Bible, we don't know, we realize that we don't know everything there is to know, but rather we encounter something new that God is showing us in that moment. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you, O oh Lord. Enable us to be receptive to your message this morning and challenge us. To live more fully for you than we ever have before. Through the power of your Spirit, we pray. Amen. Today's scripture that Beth read for us is what's commonly referred to as the Magnificat. It's Mary's song of praise in response to the angel Gabriel's visit to her. Gabriel appears to Mary, saying, "'Rejoice, favored one. The Lord is with you. Don't be afraid. God is honoring you. You will conceive, and you will give birth to a son, and you'll name him Jesus.'" And Gabriel says, "'He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. He will rule over Jacob's house forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom.'" And to this whole litany of things, Mary simply and practically responds, Well, how will this happen, since I am a virgin? I don't know if I would respond that way. I might, I don't know, freak out a little bit. But Gabriel responds, The Holy Spirit will come over you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Look, even in her old age, your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. This woman who was labeled unable to conceive is now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible with God. And Mary's response to the angel is I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said. And then the angel leaves. And Mary rushes off to see Elizabeth, and when she sees her, she is elated at the sight of her pregnant belly that is proof that what the angel said to her was in fact true, that Elizabeth was having a child and that Mary was going to have a child, a son, and he would be the Savior that the Jewish people had been waiting for. Elizabeth exclaims, happy is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill the promises he made to her. And this joy wells up in Mary, and she responds by singing the Magnificat, a song of praise and awe and gratitude to God. Now there are several things that I want to point out about this whole momentous story. First, Mary was not actually praised perfectly fine with an angel just randomly visiting her. In the most common translations, it says that she was confused or perplexed by the angel greeting her. But that word perplexed actually doesn't just connote um, confusion, but terror. She was afraid. So Mary had this realistic reaction that I think many of us would have if an angel just showed up in our room but by the end of Mary's encounter with Gabriel she responds to all that he had said that she was going to have this child the Messiah of the world and she responds by saying I am the Lord's servant let it be with me just as you have said now I'm not sure that I would respond that way I might still be freaking out a little bit but I wonder if she does this because of what the angel says to her right before that. Gabriel says, "Nothing is impossible for God." During the last semester of my undergraduate degree, I spent the 30-minute drives back and forth to campus arguing with God. It was very fruitful. I drove from our home in Boardman to Youngstown State University campus. And I spent the time fighting and pleading with God because I did not want to be a pastor. I didn't have the confidence, I didn't have the personality, I didn't have the right experiences to be a pastor. I was just boring me. And I told God all of the reasons why God's call on my life was wrong and dumb and why God needed to find me another profession. But then, one day, and I very, very clearly remember this. I was driving our van, and I was coming down the hill into into, uh, Youngstown. And the arguing with God turned into a conversation with God. And I finally shut my mouth, and I let my walls down, and I let God in, and I listened, And after listening for a little while, I heard myself say, okay, if you really want me to do this, make it happen. And then there was silence. And then I heard, okay, don't worry, you'll be fine. And immediately I thought to myself, wait a second, what did I just get myself into? I didn't see how I was going to make it finish up my undergrad degree. Joseph was six months old at the time. I didn't see how I could then make it through seminary or how I could lead an entire church of people. But in that moment, in the car, I trusted that God could do the impossible. I realized again that I wouldn't become a pastor through my own capabilities, but God would give me what I needed to lead and to love people. But first, I needed that moment in the car. I had to surrender myself and to trust God's power in that moment, that God could could accomplish amazing things. Recently, a friend of mine this past week um, from high school, she shared her struggle to overcome her addiction to alcohol. She said at first that she thought it was her fault that she couldn't get sober, that it was her own failing, that she didn't have enough self control to stop drinking. But then she had this moment where she realized that self control had little, if really anything, to do with her addiction. That she said, actually, what finally gave her freedom from addiction was giving up control was surrendering to God and looking to God for help and for strength. She went on to say, Control makes me a miserable person because I cannot control all of the elements of my environment that triggered my drinking. All that I need to do is to seek God's will for my life and to surrender to him daily. And she concluded by saying, So let me tell you, if you feel like you are failing because you can't seem to get something under control, here's my best advice. Tell God you're sorry for putting yourself in a seat higher than God. Then step down from your high horse of I've got this and surrender to the omnipotent, meaning the unlimited power capable of anything God that our creator is. And she says, believe me, it's that easy. Now, I would add the caveat that surrendering to God is simple, but it's hardly ever easy. When, when the angel reminded Mary nothing is impossible with God, she knew that the angel was right, and she trusted that. She responded, I am the Lord's servant. And really, the Greek word here means slave. Mary was giving up all control, becoming a slave to God. And that magnificat that Beth read this morning is where we see why Mary willingly did that. It wasn't out of control or, or confidence in herself that she could be and she was worthy of being the vessel of the Messiah. It was about her receiving the angel's words and accepting them both with humility and with grace, because her focus wasn't on herself, but it was on the mighty acts of God. Mary says in verse 50, He shows mercy to everyone from one generation to the next. And Amy Jo Levine says in the book, Mary recognizes God's fidelity in the past and in the present. And she knows in her spirit and in her soul that this covenantal fidelity continues to the future. God has made a covenant with God's people through Abraham. And that covenant continues through the centuries that God's people will be cared for and that they will be as numerous as the stars in the skies. Mary knows with all of her being that God has been faithful to her and her people and will continue to be faithful in the centuries to come. Then Mary goes on in her song to illustrate how God has already shown his mercy. He has scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. He has pulled the powerful down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. He has come to the aid of his servant Israel, remembering his mercy, just as he promised to our ancestors and to Abraham and to Abraham's descendants forever. These are not merely predictions of what was to come. They were praises to a God who was good. God's nature is good, and God's redemption is good, that they have already experienced. Mary was declaring with confidence here, of course my God can use me to bring forth the Messiah. Look at what God has already done. And she reminds herself and Elizabeth, who was there with her that day, and us today, of God's power and God's capabilities. And it's because of that power and through that power that we can have a hope that doesn't make sense without faith. We can have a hope because of what God does through God's power, through us, that there will be no more addiction, that gun violence will end, that there is a cure for all types of cancer. That every individual around the world will have enough food to eat and a safe place to sleep. That racism will end. That there truly will be peace on earth. God has the power to accomplish these things, but we have to participate. First, we have to give up our own desires and our own need for control, and we have to say, here I am, Lord. Or like Mary, Lord, I am your servant. At the end of this past week's video, Amy Jill closes with this thought. She says, the story of Advent isn't all about what God has done for us. It's that, but it's more. The story of Advent is a challenge to us. Can we think the impossible? Can we do the unexpected? Can we imagine a world that functions otherwise, differently, in which God is palpable, in which God's justice can be seen, in which a small family from Galilee can look to the future not only with hope, but with the realization that they have a job to do as well? The Annunciation, she says, is not just God's good news to us, But it's our good news to each other. In this season of Advent, as we look forward to Christ's birth in a manger, God coming to earth in the form of a little baby, as we also look forward to the Christ coming again, for God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. I pray that we don't get consumed with the presents and the parties and the pastries, so much so that we forget the real reason for the season, that God came into this world to show the world a new way of being, that God used a teenage girl to give birth to our Savior and change history. I pray that we recognize that through God's power, God can use us, each one of us here, to change history as well. That we are good enough, that we are capable enough, if we, just accept, if we allow God to use us, if we say yes. I pray that in this season of Advent, God uses us to do the incredible things we haven't even imagined yet. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Beloved Lord, you have given us a task to participate with you in the coming of your kingdom here. Lord, guide us. Use us. Help us to step out of the way. In each moment, remind us to say yes again and again and again. When we get in front of you, help us to step aside. Lord, we know that you are powerful. We know that you are the one who created this world and called it good. Help us to make it good again. Amen.